today on the Texas Companion. A new kind of Texas farmer is growing in numbers, and they're hardly what you'd expect. We take a look at the new trend of crops in the Lone Star State. A new popular designer pet has emerged, and Texans are running to buy them. We'll talk with the inventors about the facts on this interesting animal breed. The new firearms laws were passed overwhelmingly, but a vocal minority very much opposes them. After the forecast, we hear from the other side of the issue. I'm Josephine Rochester. I'm Barbara Ann Kalachi. And I'm Chet Greenspaw. And this is the Texas Companion. Howdy, listeners. Welcome back to our little broadcast at our new studio in the heart of downtown Plano. We had to move our location since the last recording shop. Well, you probably saw it on the news during the Leopard Hornet Swarm. But we got out with our lives and bodies intact, ready to keep on trucking. We here at the Texas Companion would like to thank all of you who've downloaded and heard our show. Making a podcast ain't easy. We're finding that out the hard way. But so far, it appears that y'all are liking it. And speaking of making things the hard way, I do believe that Barbara Ann went on down to West Texas to look at a new kind of farming. That she did, and I, for one, cannot wait to hear about the newest strains of Kush, Mexican Red, and other fine sativa blends that our state now allows. Chet? It was, after all, only inevitable that Texas would be the next state to legalize marijuana. Hey, Chet! Yes, Josephine? Did you listen to Barbara Ann's story yet? Uh, The one about marijuana growing, right? No. What the dickens you on about? I'm, I mean, since legalization last month, I, I thought... Weed is illegal in Texas, Chet. It, it is? Very. We ain't legalized it at all. Ooh. Um. Well, uh... I I gotta go take care of something real quick. Be back in a couple. God damned idiot. All the same, we did send Baba Ann to West Texas to look at the growing trend of female farmers. Take it away, Babs. When you think of Texas, farming and ranching are two jobs that usually spring to mind. These two industries built the state on the backs of the rugged men who first colonized the Republic of Texas. Both of these lifestyles persist to this day, with agricultural careers holding strong. West Texas, especially, with its lush green pastures and many natural rivers, is a green belt that provides much of the nation's food supply. But times are changing, it seems. Recent census data shows that where men once dominated the farms and ranches, women are becoming far more prevalent as landowners and crop tenders. As of spring 2016, more than 52% of the agricultural jobs in Texas are now held by unmarried women between the ages of 19 and 60. I decided to talk to several of these cowgirls about their decisions to specialize in this brave new arena. 
As you can see, the newest crop is growing in nicely. That's Allison Lockhart, who owns the Lazy Sea Ranch, just outside of Lubbock. I stopped by to chat with her last week. Oh, I was a normal kind of gal at first. Eldest of three girls, no boys. That didn't stop my daddy none. He decided to teach us the finer points of country life, and by the time I was in ninth grade, shoot me and my sisters would run in the local 4-H. When your father passed away, you inherited the ranch, correct? I did. 400 acres of the finest green pastures in West Texas, and I love living here. Know these fields like the back of my hand. Well, more importantly, like I know the tip of my right middle and index fingers. And your sisters help out, is that right? Maggie decided the ranching ain't her thing. She done moved to Dallas now 20 years ago, got married to some doctor. But Peggy stayed on and lives here with me. I see. It must be difficult at times for the two of you to tend such large crops. Oh, laws, no. We hire on ranch hands, mostly from Brazil and Puerto Rico, to come out and tend the crops. <laughs> you could say me and Peggy are sort of like the managers with a couple dozen workers. That's an interesting way to go about it. Oh, don't get me wrong. We still get our hands dirty. We love working right alongside these big, sweaty, tan, muscular men all day, planting crops, tilling the earth, and later having those boys rub coconut oil all over our bodies. I see. On that note, what is the predominant crop? Is it cotton, like this here? Not just any old cotton. Take a look-see at the pots when you open them. Go on, just break off a pot and see the inside. Okay... Oh. Oh, my. Yes, ma'am, these grade-A cotton ready to go, but but not quite. See how the string ain't long enough? Are these tampons? Uh, well, yeah. You've seen these before, right? Being a woman and all. I was just unaware that tampons grew on plants. You was aware that cotton is a plant, right? Yes, but I figure tampons were manufactured from raw cotton. Oh, nah, honey. A lot of city folk think that, but tampons are a specific strain of the cotton plant. My family been growing them out here over a hundred acres of our land since the Great Depression. Um, what should I do with this? Oh, hell, just stick it in that there purse of yarn. A freebie! So you just grow tampons out here? Shucks, no. Nah. We got chickens, some subsidized corn, this next field over maxi pads. That's very interesting. And are you aware of many other women who have farms in your area? There are more than a few. Didn't you say you had an interview with Gloria after me? That I do. It was great talking to you, Miss Lockhart. A pleasure. And speaking of which, if you're passing by around sunset, come on back for dinner. Tonight's chicken and dumplings. I'll consider it. Thank you. About four miles west of the Lockhart Fields, I found the next person I wanted to interview. Unlike the previous ranch, this one only had pastures and thick stands of unkempt forest. As I approached, and before I could use my phone to call the owner, she emerged from across the plain. Sitting stately on the back of an Appaloosa, ten-gallon Stetson on her head, wearing jeans and a checkered red and white shirt, my next subject could have been mistaken for a man at first. But not for long, if you catch my meaning. Nothing like a good day with a herd, right? That was Gloria Flax, owner and head of the Flying V Ranch. You want a cold shatter? Thank you. I appreciate it. Ranching is hard thirsty, I'll tell you what. Especially when you gotta watch 1,500 tails at once. Tails? You mean heads, right? 
Hezuko? <laughs> no, Miss Kolachi. I ain't that kind of gal. Tails, as in lobster. Lobster? Yeah, I thought you knew. My family raises the best grass-fed lobster this side of a Pecos, or hail, just about anywhere. Lobster. With claws? The marine mollusk. They got claws, all right, but you're thinking about the ocean lobster, like they fish out for in Maine. I'm talking about prime Texas prairie lobster. I wasn't aware of such a thing. They live on land. That they do. Heck, I gotta just keep them away from the creek where it's high, or them suckers will just drown. But don't beat yourself up too much. Most Americans don't know that the vast majority of the lobsters served in fancy pants restaurants in the USA are prairie lobster, not ocean lobster. It is a revelation of sorts. Oh, and only prairie lobster have udders. 100% of the canned lobster milk you see in stores is from these land doggies. I don't think I've ever had lobster milk. Most people don't. It's only used in a few recipes, such as lobster bisque. I don't mind drinking it straight, though. Can you show me these prairie lobsters? Why, sure. You can ride, can't you? I'm afraid I haven't since I was a little girl. Well, that's okay. Just hop up behind me on Nancy and I'll show you the herd. We gallop through wild grass, my arms around Gloria's slender, muscular waist. The wind blew through my hair as I breathed in the sun-baked scent of her neck. We spooked a wild flock of ostriches who ran alongside us for a quarter mile before veering off into the cover of the trees. The horse flexed beneath us, powerful and rhythmic. Just as I was beginning to climax, Gloria pulled the horse to a halt. We looked out across the field, where over a thousand bright red lobster basked in the setting sun. I could see some of them eating grass. They made a chittering sound that was oddly comforting. Well, there's my main herd, Miss Kolachi. And from horizon to horizon, everything you see here, this is my land. One could call it empowering, no? I call it everything I've ever wanted. Everything? Everything. I tried hinting to Gloria a little harder on the ride back, but she failed to perceive my innuendo. But this may be to be expected when one thinks about it. These strong women of today are taking up the roles traditionally held by men. The roles on the farm, on the ranch, and in my heart. It should be no surprise, then, that they may also become less intelligent. But not all of them. I left Gloria's and returned to the Lockhart homestead. There, I was greeted by Allison and Peggy, as well as twenty strapping young men who were light on both English vernacular and clothing. We ate a hearty dinner of chicken and dumplings off the field workers' stomachs and drank enough bourbon to pickle a moose. As I bedded down for the night on a pile of Latino bodies, I realized that for women, this is an empowering time to be alive. From a getaway vehicle heading east on Interstate 20, I'm Barbara Ann Kalachi. You could say that Babs found a rabbit. Well, kiss... Wait, what? She found cotton and a tail. Well, kiss my grits, Josephine. (laughs) (laughs) And now, another topic altogether. The newest pet craze in Texas. 
It seems that biologists at Texas A&M University have created a new domesticated indoor animal. Go Longhorns! We sent Chet Greenspaw down there to take a look at the most popular new pet since the Labradoodle. As many folks already know, Texas is primarily an agricultural state. The vast majority of our exports are crops and livestock, resulting in twice as many profits as all of our oil refineries combined. And there's a good reason for this. Texans love animals. And those of us who don't have a farm or ranch usually fill that void in our souls by purchasing and keeping indoor pets. Recent polls have shown that two out of every three Texas households have at least one critter living with them, and of those households, the median is at least the ownership of three pets. Joining us today are Dr. Marvin Calloway and Dr. Suzanne Leroy of the Applied Genetics Department of Texas A&M. Go Longhorns! Doctors, thanks for speaking with me. No problem, Chet. Before we take a look at your newest creation, you two aren't just professors at the university. That is correct. We're also the founders of PetYouWant.com. Now tell me a touch about this business of yours. You breed designer animals, right? That's our specialty. We have branched out into a few other areas, such as developing new fertilizers, gene therapies, and weaponization of foliage. But our bread and butter, well, that's custom pets. Your company invented the dog species known as the Labradoodle, right? That is correct, Chet. We patented the breed in 2007. And boy, oh boy, people sure like those puppies. The Labradoodle is a mix of two breeds, right? <laughs> That's technically correct, and a proper description for the layman, we primarily mixed Labrador and Poodle genes. However, we did add, well, a few other genes to the mix to fully improve the breed. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yes, we added a gene here, a gene there. Labradoodles have a little bit of dachshund, pug, and even some salmon in their makeup. We found that by combining even further DNA, we could stabilize the breed against a wide variety of common illnesses. I was not aware of that. Now, you're launching a new pet this week, aren't you? That we are. And it's available for pre-order on our website. Although, well, right now... Right now, we're back-ordered at least through the end of 2016. Although, we may increase production of these little guys so that we'll have them in stock for the Christmas season. Take a look at this little specimen. Oh, my stars and garters. Chet Greenspaw, may I introduce you to the miniature pot-bellied longhorn cow. Listeners, this is a sight to behold. I <laughs> just don't know what to say. There's... Oh, well, looks like a longhorn steer standing on the desk, but it's it's roughly the size of a pug dog. <laughs> Look at the little fella. I'm petting a cow that I could pick up with one hand. That you are, Chet. Although you should only pick up a potbelly miniature cow with both hands, they're still fairly delicate, like so. There, there, Buttercup. Can I hold her? Let her smell you first. She's still very shy around strangers. She's just tiny. Wow. So what inspired this new breed? Actually, 
we got the idea at the State Fair in Fort Worth last year when we were looking at the miniature potbelly pigs. Susie realized that although many people keep them as pets, they were originally bred as, well, a food animal. Small, convenient, easy to feed and care for, and delicious on the plate, also arguably kosher. Is that so? And this is the beef version of the same concept? Oh, watch your... Ow! Did she bite you? Yeah. Sun on a biscuit. She's got strong little teeth. Oh. Oh, my. Here, let me see that. Suze, put her away. Did she break the skin? Yes. Oh, it's just a little nick. See? Barely a drop of blood. Please sit down and let me see your arm, Mr. Gainsbaugh. Call me Chet? Now. Prepping Vectorsol. How much do you weigh, Chet? What? Uh, I'm, I'm about 260. 10 cc's then. Yes, 10 cc's. Hold still for a second, please. Hold it. What's that you're sticking in my eye? Ow! Trust me, you want this. Buttercup's a prototype. We're still working out a final bug in the sequencing. I'm not seeing any of the type 1 necrosis reaction, Marv. Oh, wait, damn, there it is. Chet, please breathe deeply on this. What? What? What are you? God damn it. What's, why are you putting the, the mask over my face? Oh my god, I'm fishing. There's a mask on my face, obviously. Chad, just breathe. I don't want to just breathe. Why are you strapping me? Yeah, lie back no, on there. No! Breathe. Yeah, just, I, I, I can't remember my name. Starting saline. God damn it. I knew we should have gotten one of the third gen specimens. You had no way of knowing she'd bite. She hasn't done that in months. We should just eat her. I can't have any more weight on my soul. Don't you dare. You know she's still the only one that has stable cell lines all the way through. Cornflower does. You mean specimen 44D? Yeah. I got the results last night. She's stable. And no markers for the expression of, you know. I still need to test her saliva. This guy looks all right. Tiny bit of hemotoxic bruising, but I think he's got a mostly dry bite. Hey, wait. Marv, turn that off. What? Turn what off? The microphone's still on. Turn off the microphone. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Great reporting, Chia. And now the forecast from our very talented meteorologist, a man who reminds me of a bright summer's day, Chuck Dubois. And I'll be your summer's day any time, Josie. Hmm. Oh, speaking of which, we have a newly formed dry line moving in from the Gulf of Mexico at roughly 19 millibars per fathom. This means tomorrow we will have a 100% chance of rain. Tuesday, the rain will continue, and overnight into Wednesday, we'll also have rain. On Wednesday, we'll have another day of rain, followed by a Thursday of rain. Highs will be in the mid-90s on Friday as we receive another full day of rain. From that point onward, the rest of the forecast is rain. So much rain. Nothing but rain. Forever and ever, world of rain without end. Back to you, Josie, you fetching thing you.
Some of you may remember our interview several episodes back, in which we spoke with Senator Jessica Arvitz about the newest gun law. House Bill 9944 was controversial, as we found out on the air. On the heels of that question, Senator, what about those who say this will just make it easier for other animals, such as cats, coyotes, and wild pigs, to acquire illegal guns? Our state has a track record of very strict firearms control when it comes to sales and purchases, and especially permits. It's already illegal for wild boar to own firearms, as they're criminals by definition. And cats, (laughs) well... I don't think anyone wants cats to have guns, Mr. Greenspaw. (laughs) Surely not. And please, call me Chet. As we discovered, this statement does not sit well with everyone. Several dozen emails and even some regular paper mail came to us at the station. This surprised us, especially since we've never ever given out the physical address to our station. In fact, there isn't even a sign up and the building is disguised as a closed real estate office. But the letters came in. Yes, they did. After reading your objections, we decided to reach out to one of the few senators that opposed House Bill 9944. Surprisingly, he agreed. Today, in the studio, I have Senator William Jangles of Claiborne, Texas. Senator... Thank you for joining us. Now, just for clarification, House Bill 9944 allows all dogs, and specifically only dogs, to carry firearms in the state of Texas. There are no provisions for felines in any way to have guns. I can see why you consider it racist, truly. But others have noted that cats will make up a very different subset of Texas society. (coughs) And you think that perception's incorrect? because we found that the vast majority of animals at correctional shelter facilities were, well, cats. I never really thought of it that way. Would you call that institutionalized racism against cats? be difficult. What would you change first to alter the perception people have about cat street gangs and the aloofness of your people? A long, hard fight, Senator Jangles. Yes, well, in that case, thank you for speaking with us today, Senator. (laughs) And he's just walking out of here without even saying goodbye or thanks or nothing. (sighs) 
typical fucking cats. Coming up next time on The Texas Companion. July 16th is nearly upon us. In a special edition, we talk about the incident of 1983. And in the same dark vein, we discuss the KATS system, as well as the bounties on sorcerers in Texas. As is required by law, we'll go over the annual reminders of what to do during thaumaturgic events. And as we do every year, we'll have the Sadness Day hymn. I'm Chet Greenspaw. I'm Barbara Ann Kalachi. I'm Chuck Dubois. And I'm Josephine Rochester. Wishing you a wonderful, wonderful Texas day. This episode of The Texas Companion was written by Jay Grant, produced by Amber Reed, Mel Hines, Robert Fox, Tracy Stark, and Jay Grant. The voice of Barbara Ann Kalachi is Mel Hines. The voices of Dr. Marvin Calloway and Josephine Rochester were Tracy Stark. The voices of Gloria Flax and Dr. Suzanne Leroy were Amber Reed. The voice of Chet Greenspot is Jay Grant. The voice of Chuck Dubois is Robert Fox, who is also reading these credits. Special guest appearances by Angel Askins as Allison Lockhart. Background music provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Original guitar music is by Jay Grant. He always leaves the seat down. Always. It's gross. Special thanks to James Sandlin Ashby. For more Texas Companion fun and information, check out our website at texascompanion.org. Questions and feedback can be emailed to info at texascompanion.org. And you can like and share our page on Facebook anytime you want. We're also on SoundCloud, the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, and many other places where you can like us and rate us and make us feel like human beings instead of worthless worms. Check it out. Thank you, and have a wonderful Texas Day. Oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> Meow. Meow. Well, no, it's just he came in, he's like, Mel, and Derpet goes, Nying. And he's like, well, shit, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right you have. Uh, gain a little bit. You what? Gonna turn down the gain a little bit. It's getting hot in here. So take off all Just your clothes. I am surrounded so by clothes. I'm gonna take totally. my clothes off and put them neatly on a hanger in this closet <laughs> that I'm in. God. All right. Have you seen this closet? <laughs> so, Mel, uh, what we were discussing about this, um, Kai. For this bit, because it is the intro <clears throat> to the Sadness Day episode. I, oh, God. How can I be sadly perky? Don't be perky. I want you to be somber on everything up until I say... Somber? Yeah. I want you to be, like, very serious. Well, very here's the problem. Somber? Here, here's Consult? the problem. Jay, here's the problem. Somber. And as somber. We do, and as we do every year, we have the Sadness Day hymn. I'm, I'm Chad Greenspaw. So, so let's keep you, it low you, key up until you say I'm Chet Greenspot. So like, but yeah, okay. So okay, so do you want me to go? So.